This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. You know, Jake G just losing his mind for two hours. Yeah. And Willis. I'm going to go see Solaris instead of the new season of Stranger Things. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. What's going on, Willis? Today is Thursday, June 2nd. It's episode 54 here on Pixel Splitters. and uh, It is. It's getting, it's getting warmer out, which is both good and bad. Good for when we're not recording, bad for it's true. the hours of when we record on Monday. <laughs> yes, into into June, and we're uh, it's, it's the cooking season, as it were. Exactly. Uh, should yeah. we start out here with what is releasing theatrically and streaming this week? Yeah, tell us what's new, Josh. So we had a couple interesting movies going wide theatrically this week. The first one being... Uh, I don't know how to describe this movie. I saw the trailer before <laughs> Men, and it's David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future premiering on June 3rd. Yeah. And it's definitely a Cronenberg movie, if you know what those are like. And I yep. I don't know. I mean, I think that it got walkouts at, at, at Cannes. So, I mean... <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to think about I this. I mean, his stuff is always kind of like... Yeah, his stuff is a weird, like, divisive, but, like, would be hard to say bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Definitely not bad. It's particular. Like, a very unique filmmaking style, yeah. Um, yeah. So. I don't know. Are you a Cronenberg fan? It depends. It gets away from me really quickly uh, with him. Yeah. I can deal with stuff like Scanners, um, but it's there's a lot in his filmography that I'm just like, eh. I, it's a little too. It's a little too A little much. too heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in I'm in that same vein. Yeah, I can appreciate what he does, and I think he's a legend. But I not I'm not one that's like okay, I need to line up for this one. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other movie that is premiering theatrically is one called Watcher, which I was only aware of because I know that it premiered at Sundance, um, mm-hmm. starring Micah Monroe. It's kind of like a, a psychological thriller in the same vein as basically all those movies where someone's like you know, stalking someone else. Um, yeah. But it looks cool. It looks like, you know, something you could go watch on a Friday or Saturday night, just not knowing much about it. Looks looks nice. Looks nice. Yeah, like Michael Monroe. Of, um, yeah, like a uh, little rear window S. Yeah. Although kind of maybe reversed. I don't know. It's an interesting yeah, exactly. premise. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess something for everyone, Top Gun's definitely going to dominate the box office for the next couple yeah. of weeks. So if you know, for sure, you don't want to go see something as heavy, go watch Top Gun. It's, it's fun. Yeah. If you don't want to <laughs> deal with a Cronenberg film, yeah, exactly. we also, can we also offer Top Gun? Yes. Yeah, a lot easy, um, easier to go down. And then we yeah. also have, I don't know the date on this, but we have something coming to Hulu. It's Friday, I believe. Friday, yes. Okay. Uh, Friday or tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. Um, we're getting the new season of the Orville, mm-hmm. uh, Seth MacFarlane's Star Trek show, like basically Literally. in everything but name. <laughs> yeah. Which is coming back to Hulu and coming from Disney for the first time. Used to be a Fox property is That's now right. a Disney property. That's um, right. And is kind of rehashing, I think, to a degree. It's called the Orville New Horizon. So I think it's. Mm 
continuing its storyline, but also shifting a little bit. I'm a huge fan of this. Yeah. I think this is arguably a better Star Trek show than some Star Trek shows. Agreed. So I'll put that, I'll put it in the same vein as like um, Galaxy Quest. I'm yep. like, yep, this, yeah. So yeah. 100%. Super hyped for that. Hell yeah. And I think that's pretty much it for streaming and theatrical. Again, it's kind of a between week, so not too much going on as, you know, you don't want to follow Obi-Wan yeah. and Stranger Things, really, because people are just going to be thinking about that. So I yeah. get it. I lied. It actually, uh, the Orville actually came out today. Oh. The second. Um, cool. And it's season three, not season two. I so gotcha. Definitely okay. did my research when putting together this little blurb here. It's okay. We get we get to the right answer in the end. So that's that's how it is. Um <laughs> you come for the opinions, not the facts. Oh no. I hate that. We'll work anyway. on it. We'll work on it. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> we get there. We get there, dear listeners. Exactly. But let's get into what we're talking about today in this here episode. Uh we've got a couple things to go over. The first being the Star Wars celebration that is annually. I don't think this has been an annual thing for that long, but over the past, you know, since a lot of the new Star Wars stuff has been coming about, I think like the JJ Abrams films might have premiered at something like this. But the California yeah. Star Wars, basically huge Star Wars convention where they premiere all of their new stuff that they've got so far. It's like the MCU or the DC, yeah. uh, con- whatever, the DC fandom. Yeah, well, it's what's yeah. coming. Um, so we have a couple things to touch on with that for sure. A couple new shows, movies, stuff like that. Uh, we're mm-hmm. then going to talk about the fact that it appears that fewer movies are being released into theaters these days for seemingly obvious reasons in my opinion um but we're going to get into that and why uh not only we think it's happening but if we think it's going to continue this way or if it's going to go back to the way it was or get worse yeah. or, or or what have you where we where we're at exactly yeah. and then we're going to end it all off and talking about some public domain intellectual property and the impacts the positives the negatives and really what's going to come out of this because it's very interesting copyright law and uh (sighs) we're going to get really deep into copyright law it's going to be great so Um, very much about (laughs) i'm really embarrassed i'm really embarrassed by how much i'm actually nerding out about learning about like what's up with all this stuff um it's really fascinating very Um, interesting missed my calling as a copyright (laughs) lawyer i guess hey you still got time willis come on now no time like the present. Yeah. Yep. Screw it. It's popping on back to <laughs> law school for a quick eight years. So yeah, so that's what we're talking about today. And uh, let's just get right into it here. I'm already so hot. I know, I know. It's And my computer's like <laughs> taking off right now. This is going to be great. So Star Wars. You know it. You love it. It's back. It's never gone. I guess it really never went anywhere for the past like 10 years or so. Um, yeah, like 76 <laughs> to 99, I guess, was a pretty yeah. long run we had, but or 78. Yeah, or whenever, whenever Jedi exactly. came out. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, uh, but I think since then it's been pretty standard. So yeah, we, we had the Star Wars celebration took place in California over the past weekend. I don't think it's still going on, but it went on from, I believe, like Thursday all the way to Sunday. So there was a it yeah, was there was a, a while, ton of stuff yeah. that happened. Um, I believe that there was a John Williams performance there. I know that there was a ton of mm-hmm. panels with all the actors, and you know they pre- they premiered. I believe the first two episodes of Obi Wan, and then we got a whole bunch of new trailers and some new content for them to basically talk about video games, TV shows, all of the above. Um, yeah. 
Where do you want to start here? Do you want to talk about Kenobi first and then get into some of like the trailers or? Sure. Let's talk about, let's touch on Kenobi. Okay. Um, because the first two seasons have come out at this point. Episodes. It's, I will think it's, well, let's start here. It's also interesting to mention that the Star Wars celebration also covered Indiana Jones and Willow. Lucasfilm stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like weird, I guess, cause. But I guess I don't know where else it would come from. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but the Willow trailer, I'm actually kind of hyped for. I don't have yeah. a really big connection to Willow. But me neither. Um, yeah. Let's start with uh, Obi-Wan here. Okay. Um, I still it's Obi-Wan Kenobi is the name of this show. I still have no idea. I feel like I ask this every episode we talk about it. It is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. I will just say Kenobi because I'm not going to say Obi-Wan Kenobi every time. Sure. Um, sure. But yes, first two episodes premiered on Friday back to back. Yes. We are now a third away, third of the way through the season. Isn't that weird? Isn't that? It's wild. That's Six just, episodes. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess without getting anything spoiled. Yeah. What do you think of the first two episodes? I'm in. I thought these were really well done. I think that the story, um, I, I had no clue where it was going to go. Because again, this is filling in gaps from between Revenge of the yeah. Sith and A New Hope. So who knows? But I think that they're doing a good job of not only giving uh, Kenobi something compelling to do for these for these episodes, mm-hmm. but also just making it fall seamlessly in line with the direction that their shows have been going. It's not deviating yeah crazily from tone or you know storyline or anything like that so i think that it's it's working itself pretty seamlessly into the the chronology here um yeah and honestly i guess this is kind of a spoiler but like there's way more lightsabers than i would have anticipated which i'm like this is that's people come to star wars a lot for just like in the world yeah and i'm like I'm I'm glad that they were not shying away from it, especially in the first two episodes, because I think that kind of sets it up for where mm-hmm. things are going to go tonally and and contextually. So, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. What about you? Yeah, well, I'm super hyped, and I guess this is not as spoiler, somewhat spoilerly. That's I can't right. say this word today. <laughs> um, but like, I'm glad that it's not just all on Tatooine. Oh, hell yeah. Which is my v- biggest vice. And it does seem like most of what we saw in the trailers was in these first two episodes. So, like, who knows where it's going to go? Mm-hmm. And I think it plays really well. I think there's a lot of things that I'm like, oh, yeah, there was that in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. That I was like, oh, and now this is like a thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, this is I'm so articulate today. <laughs> I'm like trying to dance around plot points that I'm just like yeah. being not successful at at all. I mean, uh, we could just give a blanket spoiler warning if you want to and just get uh, into some more of the specifics, but I don't want to, I don't want to linger too much because we got a lot to cover here. So it's true. Uh, I'm super <laughs> into it. I'll say. Yeah. And I'm really intrigued to see where it's going. And it's very interesting to me. They seem to be walking a very fine line of keeping things in line with what comes next in. Yeah. New Hope and Empire Strikes and hundred percent Jedi, yeah, yeah. So like, I'm I'm super on board with Kenobi. Um, I think Ewan McGregor is great. I think I feel like it feels exactly like he did. Seamless, yeah, yeah. So um, the other thing we got, uh, the other thing we can sort of go to here is the Andor trailer. Yeah, yeah. Which I am hyped for. Yeah, dude. <laughs> 
So this is Diego Luna's Cassian Andor, uh, which is one of the characters from Rogue One. Rogue One. Yep. Yeah, that I'm. It looks so cool. It looks like yeah. a lot of cool like spaces that we haven't really seen before. Mm-hmm. I don't know who at Star Wars is like big into metallurgy, or who at <laughs> Lucasfilm is big into metallurgy. Yeah. But like we have yeah. this theme going through all like through. And or through all of Mandalorian, like, mm-hmm. you know, I think, uh, what's his name there? Oh, no. What's his name? I'm not going to remember. The bad guy. Yes. Can't even find the IMDb. Yeah. I'm looking here. I'm like super hyped for Stellan Skarsgård as well. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who, the, what his name is. I'm, I'm forgetting. Apologies. Um, maybe I'll put it in the show notes or something. But yeah, this looks awesome. Like literally, and I, I'm realizing I'm harping, but literally, as soon as I was like, oh, it's not on Tatooine, I'm like, hell, hell yeah, I'm in. So Yeah. And it also looks like, I mean, I know that, so basically we've gathered, I, well, they've said this, that it's going to take place, I think, five years prior to Rogue One and then lead right up to mm-hmm. the beginning of Rogue One, which I'm like, I like what they're doing right now where they're just filling in the gaps. It wasn't yeah. necessary, but I'm like, okay, so we're getting closer to a complete story with like Obi-Wan, even with the solo story. And now with these, they're all yeah. kind of filling in the gaps in a way that I'm like, this is actually really cool. And it's the fact that, you know, Lucas didn't have a grand like master plan for the entire for, yeah. thing is showing where they're like, okay, so how do we make these two points line up in the end? But I'm enjoying what they're doing with it. And yeah, I think this looks gorgeous. Honestly, like the cinematography, I'm like, what? Yeah. What? How, why don't they do this for every show? Like, <laughs> like well, it and it's gorgeous. like, there's, there's so many little hints in this that I'm like, oh, there's shots of like the Galactic Senate. You know, there's yeah. shots are, are not even of the Galactic Senate, but of like the Empire, the Imperial Senate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, that's the kind yeah. of stuff. And maybe that's like just the Star Wars, like originalist in me of like, yeah, you know, my first series was the original series right. and like tying into things in that I'm like way more hyped for, which is why I think I'm kind of digging into Obi-Wan because I'm like, so we have to get here and we mm-hmm. have to get here and we have to get here. So, yeah, yeah, I'm super hyped for that. Never ceases to amaze me how much I'm like, oh, I don't know how much I'm jazzed about this kind of stuff. Like, whatever. It's like, And then right. they put out something and I'm like, nope, like, sign me up. I'm here. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. And this, so. honestly, it's interesting because this one is getting two 12-part se- seasons, right? That's what I yeah. read, which I'm like, ooh. So there's, there's a lot to cover. There's here. a lot of story to tell here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... You're not even giving Obi Wan Kenobi two twelve. Yeah, it's series. four times four times years. as much content as Obi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, they must really, really, you know, have some something planned here. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm into this. I mean, they also announced like Ahsoka. They didn't show us much from Skeleton yeah. Crew, which could be interesting. That's the John Watts yeah, Jude, Jude Law. Law. Cool. Um, Mando season three, which of course, I mean, you know, yeah, but it's gonna focus on the Bo Katan conflict and him back on mandalore so i'm like yes yes everything i've wanted from it so far and then that's pretty much it i mean like bad batch season two just stuff that we kind of knew was coming already but i'm i'm jazzed man i think all of this stuff looks really cool um they have really well-rounded filmmakers working on them now and i think that's in their favor for sure um and obviously, they've taken some serious time with and with Andor. So I'm like, yeah, that's take as much time as you need with these because when you don't, you get Book of Boba Fett and 
it's not yeah. the greatest, you know? And you're so, like, uh, okay, let's so, continue. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm hyped for all this stuff, honestly. I'm hyped to see where Kenobi goes. And, yeah, let's just more more Star Wars, more good, yeah. star, more quality Star Wars. That's what I'm looking Also for. announced, this isn't really our jam, but uh, announced Star Wars Jedi Survivor, mm-hmm. which is a video game. Yep. Which looks pretty dope. It looks um, really cool. Which I, you know, Star Wars has had uh, a pretty good run in terms of video games that they put out. So, oh God, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm not really surprised at that. But like Battlefront and like you know all those different, yeah, Force Awakens, even the Lego games. Like Star Wars yeah. has has had a, a really good run. Well, that and I mean they've had a good run no matter where they turn, which is cool. But yeah, so more. Yeah. I think it's following Cal Kestis through more of his journey, which I don't know his character. So I will say I did read today too, and I don't know if this was this wasn't part of um, Star Wars Celebration, mm-hmm. but it someone I want to say it was Kathleen Kennedy, but it may not have been. But somebody said that the um, Lando series with Donald Glover is still on the books and still coming. Ah, um, not okay. like you know quick not coming anytime soon sure. but like they're still pursuing it which I, i'm there for that too and if it's something yeah. like ander where it's like Ooh. let's see how lando calrissian like got to yeah cloud city and all that kind of stuff I, i'm i'm down for that so i'm super down for that yeah yeah Ooh, that's fun yeah Ooh, i'm into that that was one of the only parts of uh solo that i really enjoyed was was donald glover there yeah because he's amazing he's yeah. incredible <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's kind of, I mean, there was a lot there, but that was kind of what, what happened at Star Wars Selly. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see the Ahsoka trailer. They saw it at the, at the celebration and I'm, I really want to yeah. see what that's I imagine like. we'll get that pretty, we'll get that pretty soon. I feel yeah. like maybe not. I don't know. I would assume. I mean, it's got to come yeah. either late, early next year or late this year. So we'll see. But yeah, should we move on here to. Well, let's talk about the fact that all of these things that we're just talking about are not movies. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> you know, it's we're Star all hyped and, and it's Star Wars, which is like there are nine of those movies. Yeah. No, well, there are 12 of those. Yeah. Uh, 11. Yeah. Yeah. Solo and Rogue One are the outliers. The two outliers. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I can you think of any other franchises that reach into that distance? I mean. No, no. And I was going to make a comment of like, oh, they're tied with fast and furious but then i remembered the other two and true i guess it's i true. guess freddie or no uh jason has more <laughs> sure <laughs> if, if you want to get really, really deep if into we're gonna it, get yeah. really technical yes but let's get into yeah so i set up i set up this nice like sequel <laughs> transition and then <laughs> completely derailed it by starting to talk about something else but it's okay it's okay our listeners fewer will, movies will understand but yeah so fewer movies in theaters which seems kind of outlandish right now because we're in this weird point where we're getting more than we did last year but fewer than we did the year before so we're, we're in this period where it seems like there's a lot because i'm like oh dude i'm at the theaters every weekend i'm like yeah. yeah but it's not that many it's one per weekend if that you know yeah. Which I guess leads us to there's been 28 movies that have released this year. Yeah. And I think from what we're seeing, we're on pace to do about 90 for the year. Mm-hmm. Theatrical releases. Um, yeah. Which is pretty good, which is up from like yeah. last year and the year. I mean, certainly up from 2020, you know. Yeah. But not quite to the same level that we were in 2019. Basically, there was a study that was released that based that. You know, we're down about 30% in yep. terms of 
theatrical releases uh, versus 2019. Which, yeah. Which, like, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a whole big question. Like, we're still coming back from COVID. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, theater turnout and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But also, like, yeah, COVID made a dramatic shift. Like, th- like things are changed. Like, yeah. you know, as, as much as you want to say, I'm like, I'm amazed that it's that high, honestly. Same. You know what I mean? movies? What? Yeah. I, you know, and there's like a whole thing to, to be said of like, yeah, they're in a 45-day release window. And, sure. you know, there's like a lot of differences to 2019. But like, you know, 90 versus 120 is pre- 30 movies. Like, right. Do I think in 2019 there were 30 movies that were released theatrically that probably could have gone straight to streaming? Of course. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there were stuff that's like, yeah, like it's out there. Cool. In theaters. And then it did, you know, $75 box office. Right. (laughs) And was dumped onto, you know, Tubi. Yeah, totally. So what's the question here that I guess, do we want to get back to the 120? Like, is that a goal? I I don't know that that it I'm sure that it, actually that I'm sure that's the goal but I don't know if that sure. should be the goal because honestly and what I've seen this year alone and who knows this could have so many factors that 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 go into this but the quality of movie that's going to theater right now is mm-hmm. much higher than it's been in previous yeah. years. I mean, in terms of big budget blockbusters or even like kind of middle of the road ones, they're not just putting whatever out in theaters. They're really thinking about, okay, what can go straight to streaming and what is going to do well on a big screen. Yeah. And for the most part, it's been nonstop hitters. Like, honestly, um, yeah. there hasn't been a movie apart from Ambulance that had... <laughs> Ambulance an- out on streaming. I know on VOD, right? Yeah. Already, no. Uh, it's oh, on, on HBO. Oh, I might have to. Oh, <laughs> I think. Let me that. double check. <laughs> that wouldn't make sense, or no? No, no. I'm sorry. It's Paramount. on Peacock. Oh, it's on Peacock. <laughs> it's on Peacock. I was on Peacock Holy the other day, hell. and I was like, "What?" And so is the Lost City, which is another 2022 movie. But like, yes, yes. I'm like, that's that movie came out like a month ago. If that 45 day window, it's 45. Crazy. Yeah. And so it's, it's, what am I trying to say here? It, I don't know if I would like more movies to be, to make it into the theatrical sphere, because yeah. I don't know that it's going to make any sense. It's going to probably harm the filmmaker's career, honestly, because it's like a 30 to $40 million movie that doesn't really go to theaters now. I don't think, yeah. I mean, apart from like everything everywhere, but that was an anomaly. That was a true anomaly, you know? Sure. Everything yeah. else has been Top Gun, The Northman, like eighty plus million dollar films that you you have to to make up the budget. You have to at least do a theatrical run, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, and like the interesting thing, it, it the stuff that studios are going to take a chance on putting out to a theater because like theaters, I think, do not have the guaranteed returns that they once did. No, you know what I mean, like. There's a much higher level of you have to convince the viewer to go to the movie theater for this. And if something looks bad, I'm not going. You know what I mean? Like I uh, speaking personally, like my bar for going to the theaters is huge right now. And you love movies. (laughs) And I love movies. And I'm like, I want to see all this stuff. But I'm like, (sighs) you know, and like if a movie looks bad, I'm like, I'm not even going to consider it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like. 
if that 90 that we're at is just like the like cleaned field of like, yeah, like all this stuff that is kind of just like not great. We're just going to throw straight to streaming. Right. I'm fine with that. Right. You know, sure. Like put the big stuff put and it doesn't even necessarily have to be big stuff because like, yeah, you look at everything anywhere. Mm -hmm. You look at um, unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah. You know, you look at movies like X. Yeah. X. Yeah. Like these are going there, but like they're like things that are. Well, I suppose those are three movies that I haven't seen, but like, um, (laughs) you know, it's like a higher standard. Sure. Yeah. Because you have to get people to the theater. Right. And you have to believe in it. Even men. I'm like, yeah, you, you, you have to believe that this movie is going to perform at the box office. And I think they all are. They're not doing Marvel numbers, obviously, because nobody can, but they're at least making their budget back and then a little bit more, which is like kind of what. And also, it's interesting because you're forcing the viewer's hand. Like, last weekend, there was no date night, or two weekends ago, there was no date night movie. So, people yeah. were there watching men, dude. Like, I can't yeah. believe the amount of people that were in that theater that should not have been in that theater, you know? Most of them, probably. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm like, even with X, I'm like, I don't think people are really understanding what this movie is like. So, it's like, but this is the only one to see. Like, Top Gun's the only big blockbuster to see right now, unless you want to go see Strange, but that's not in the same category. They're different films. So it's another, it's it's also like, it's it's good for these movies, because there's only one thing to watch. You can only go see Top Gun right now for, for like, IMAX movies, you know, so. Do you think a theatrical run is going to turn into, like, a seal of approval in terms of quality? I'm like... Like, do you think it's going to turn into like they wouldn't release this in theaters if it wasn't going to be good, if it was not going to be great, if it wasn't going to do box office numbers? Yeah, they'd send it straight to streaming. Do you think it's going to be what am I seal of approval? Seal of yeah, seal of approval. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe, but the seal of approval is going to really depend because. Like of all those movies, like I can't believe how some of those actually made money and people went to see sure. them. Not because they're. I mean, bad, we're also talking so about strange. things like Uncharted came out and Morbius yeah. came out this year. Like yeah. you know, it's and we're the not city and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're still probably four or five years out from what we're sort of talking about, but I think I mean, it's possible that it's just yeah. like if it's once we get a metric on it of like here's what's gonna do well post pandemic. Yeah, you know. Like, and here's what's going to do okay, and here's what's going to, like, I'm sure there are metrics being drawn up of, like, this is going to make money in theaters and not draw people to streaming. This is going to draw people to streaming, not make money in theaters. This will split the, you know, do both, like, right. which it could turn into, like, yeah, like, oh, wow, they're doing, like, an IMAX run of this movie. Right. Like, I got to check it out. Yeah, like, I mean, we'll take this, and what I'm about to say is purely hypothetical, but, like, you take... um everything everywhere all at once yeah you know if that movie just like went straight to you know here it is on hbo max yeah that's a different conversation than it's like oh they're putting out to do like an imax release of this movie i'm like yeah that's a vote of confidence vote of confidence that's what i'm looking for yeah yeah that's something to be said and like you know again we're not there yet but like i can see myself getting into that mindset of like if it's something that's not blockbuster fodder like top gun is always going to be in theaters obviously Uh, sure avengers always gonna be in theaters like thor you know 
but like when you get something that's a little more off brand and you're like, they're doing a, a, a theatrical Hmm. I might have to see this. Right. And like, I'm even thinking of movies that are, that have either just come out or been, uh, like have been announced. Like I'm thinking specifically Prey, the Trachtenberg movie that's going straight to Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deep Water, which was the Ana de Armas Ben Affleck uh, vehicle mm-hmm. that went straight to Prime, and The yep. Gray Man, which is uh, Evans and and Gosling going directed and by the Russo, Russo brothers, going yeah. straight to Netflix. Yeah, and I'm like, like, does this have like, is it going to go the opposite way too? When you see something on streaming, maybe it's not as good as you know. Why yeah. didn't it go to theaters? Like yeah, these movies that I'm like, I'm sure. All of them are fine in their own way, but it's you're thinking like, did they not think that this was going to perform well in the yeah. theater, or is it just because they had some Netflix deal that paid them a crazy? Well, amount, that's you know? yeah. I feel like Netflix is the weird qualifier in that, but like yeah, like uh, t- totally like you know a Predator like, movie why going this... straight to Hulu. Yeah, like that should absolutely lend itself to like a big theater experience. Yeah, they always. Make but one if they don't, <laughs> if they don't have the confidence in it, maybe it's just like yeah, you know what. Yeah, people will people will subscribe to Hulu because of the Predator brand. Mm-hmm. Way yeah. more than we're gonna make money in the, that's 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 a weird concept. But like to bring it back to like what we're talking about, I'm like, yeah, yeah. like I if we're at ninety and the normal is one twenty, a that's thirty movies. So like everybody, calm yeah. the fuck down. Yeah, come on. <laughs> like that's not a bad met like if you're looking at those 30 movies mm-hmm. saying like yeah they're probably not going to do great theatrically like right let's not spend the massive ad buy and promotional and all the other things to do with distributing yeah a film theatrically like it doesn't make any sense yeah yeah it's that's a fascinating thing it really is and i mean it's really gonna i Next year, I think we always were like, oh, come in the coming years, it's going <laughs> to yeah. be really, but really. We were saying really, this a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but it's like next year, it, Lord help us if we're not further away from the pandemic next year, sure. but that's going to be really telling as to what movies and we're discounting Marvel mm-hmm. completely and star anything Disney that comes out. That's yeah. a, it's in its own league. Everything else, especially original IP because there's been a crazy amount of original IP this year too. That's gone straight to theaters, which I'm like, yes. Um, I'm really curious to see not only what gets chosen and how it does, because it's like, you're right. I think people are sitting in theaters now going like this. There's a reason this is here. And I can feel it when I'm there. I'm like, again, dude, packed theater for men, a movie that is so (laughs) weird that I don't think I can recommend it to people, literally. That and it was packed. I'm like, this is a really weird point in time where people are like, I have to see this. I have to because it's here and it's got to be here for a reason. I've seen the trailer twenty times. It's got to be here for a reason. So, yeah, Yeah. it's interesting. We we talk all the time about how Hollywood is reacting like to the pandemic and all that, and how distributors and theaters are doing that. But I'm like. There's a real analysis to be made of how audiences consider movies these days. Yeah. That sounded like the most naive, like, oh, no shit, Willis. But like, no, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, y- there's something to be said for like, people don't consider movies the same way they did in 2019. Oh. It's a different experience. Like, mm-hmm. to throw back here, I guess this will prove my point, but make me feel old. When I used to work in a movie theater, is like, I would work in the box office and people would walk in. And stand and stare at 
the listings of the movies playing and be like, hmm, what should we see? I don't know. And debate. And yeah. like they'd ask, like, what's that movie about? And I'd right. be like, have walked into this building with literally no plan for what they're going to see. That's no crazy. sense of when they start. Well, well, this one starts in like 15 minutes. Right. I don't know. I, we've probably only missed like five minutes of that. We could probably still get in there. That's crazy. And I don't think that's a thing anymore. Hell no. I don't, I don't think at all. Like people are like, if you're going to the theater, you're going to see something. There's a reason. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what your customer base's mentality is. Like, yeah, you have to put very specific things in theaters Mm -hmm. because if you just like throw at the wall and see what sticks, like most stuff is, you know, there's not people that are going to be like, yeah, I guess I'll like (laughs) um, the George Clooney Solaris movie is the one that I'm officially dating myself now. But the George Clooney Solaris movie is the one that I think of like people who would like go and be like, huh, George, I like George Clooney. I'll go see that. And then like walk out of the theater like 15 (laughs) minutes later. Um. That is one of the most amazingly bad movies I've ever seen. It's terrible. Uh, but it, like, it's one of those things that like that that doesn't happen anymore. No, no, because you spent twenty bucks, yeah, and you had to reserve your seat ahead of time because there's one showing of this one movie, and you yeah. have to really want to go see it. You've decided to go see this as opposed to everything that is available on your television which is an insane amount of arguably so much more content than this like wait yeah 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 like you're like i'm gonna go see top gun instead of watching the new season of stranger things right yeah like i'm gonna go see like i'm gonna go see solaris instead of the new season of stranger things dude yeah (laughs) but you know like that's the thing is like i don't know i think that's where we're heading i think where it's like Yes, fewer movies are going to come out into theaters, which is fine, I think, from a consumer perspective. Sure. But also from a studio perspective, like, yeah, if it's not going to be as strong, don't put it out. Draw people to your subscription service instead. Pull people here instead of there. Yeah. 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 You'll make your money. And then they'd be like, you know what? I can't believe I waited until now to see ambulance on peacock look they have the office i'm going to subscribe to Peacock. exactly and they'll stay there forever yeah so because ambulance is a greater draw (laughs) to peacock than the office it may it just might be these days you know jake jake g just losing his mind for two hours yeah i it's i'll put that on as i fall asleep yeah (laughs) i don't think you physically could um It's crazy. I, I yeah. It's, it's the state weird. of the movie. It's is, a whole is, new is just out of this world right now. I can't believe we're here. Like, <laughs> but you know what's interesting? And I, I will just point this yeah. out. We're sitting here talking about this stuff. None of us are saying like, well, I mean, no one's gonna go to the movies anymore, right? Yeah. Like, I think we're kind of getting to that point where it's like, okay, like, and again, I'm speculating. I don't know, but like, we're getting to that point where I'm like, I don't think movies. I don't think movie theaters are toast. No. People are still going to the movie theaters. People aren't going like they used to. Like the mindset has changed. But like figure out that mindset. Adapt. And you're golden. Yeah. I mean. You know, like that's like, yeah, you're losing 30 movies to streaming instead of coming to your cinemas. But movies are also making a billion dollars now, like regularly. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, you don't have to show Morbius for four weeks. Like, yeah. You know, and just have it burning a hole you in your be pocket. Happy. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you're going to get, you know, you're going to get Top Gun that's going to be packed for three weeks and then be gone. But 
is better than having this stuff that just doesn't really do well and dwindles away. And you're like, well, that burned my uh, burned my bottom line for three weeks. Great. Awesome. Yeah. And before we move completely on, I do just want to say that Top Gun this weekend did make a collective $260 million worldwide, which is just like. It's the Memorial Day like record, right? Yeah. 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 Um, it's crazy. It's it's insane. Like we set records every year now. It's crazy. Yeah. I feel enthused by the health of the theatrical world. Totally. Totally. And I say this being a person that doesn't go to the theater that often anymore, which right. is really sad to me. But like, you know, next time I move, I'll have to move closer to a, <laughs> That'll be a, a movie theater. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's or I just have to build a movie theater in my basement. That's true. Really, really, true. You know. And hey, you never get know. myself a projector, nice big screen, some surround sound. Exactly. And you've got the same experience there. You get some good popcorn, and and yeah, it's um, movies are an experience, and I think that it's become that now. It's kind of come full circle again, where it's like you go to a movie that's playing in a theater for the experience of seeing the movie, and I think I've seen that time and time again over the past like two years especially it's like people are there because they want to be there it's not because they want to see the movie yeah. it's because they want to be sitting with people and enjoying this with people and i think that's not yeah. going to go away i mean people love to say that like there's a lot of american pastimes i think movies like is it like people yeah that's the one thing that's never gone out of style people yeah. no matter what age what gender race doesn't matter you go to the fucking movies like that's what happens and uh and everyone can talk about an experience they've had yeah. with a movie everyone has that like it's going to be different for every person but everyone's like i remember seeing i don't know what fletch is the movie that came Send to it. Head, my head a classic chevy chase <laughs> weird i'm like i haven't thought about that movie in like Five years. Anyway. It's okay. Everyone has that moment where it's like, I saw Fletch in the movie theater and it was one of the greatest experiences ever. And, you know, it just made me love. There it is, man. There it is. Everybody has their Fletch, you know? Uh, I could have gone with like The Godfather or, you know, like Fear and Loathing or... North Country or The Avengers, which is a decade old now. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. But no, Fletch. There you go. That's my recommendation yeah, for this. There week. it is. Fletch. Everybody should have seen Fletch. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, so anyway. so movies aren't going anywhere. Theatrical movies aren't going anywhere for the time being. Like the streaming craze is definitely not going anywhere, but it's not taking over as much as we thought, especially with the theatrical window and everything. So Yeah. I I have faith. This year has given me a lot yeah. of faith for the movie going public. So with that, we can move on. I'm hoping. Wait, I want to put one little thing, it. one little stinger on there. I'm hoping that there is a path here that leads to the reemergence of like two, three, four screen theaters. Mm, yeah. Like the smaller thing. Like you don't have to go yeah. to like a 15 screen multiplex yeah. to see because there's, you know, like, yeah, Top Gun's playing this weekend. Sure. Yeah. You know, and they're going to play it on two screens mm -hmm. and they're going to have whatever. That's what I'm hoping for, because maybe they'll build one near my house. <laughs> yes. Wishful thinking. I love it. Maybe I should build one near my house. Dude, and play classics. I mean, theaters right do that. Right down career <laughs> goal. Okay. I will be there every weekend. Yes. I'll give you my yes. hard-earned cash just so I can see <laughs> The Godfather on the big screen. Yes. 
Well, so <laughs> find a segue right now from the, oh, no, there's something there. Talking about stuff that's going to be, and see, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. 50 years, we're at 50 years of Godfather. Yeah. I'm like jumping ahead here in order to it's like okay. set up a, <laughs> speaking of stuff that's old, I guess. Yeah. Classic, classic things yeah. that are, no, I got nothing. So <laughs> that are Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yes. Godfather Winnie the Pooh. We, yeah. Uh stick with us here, dear listener. Um Winnie the Pooh, the original Winnie the Pooh, has crossed the threshold into the public domain. Yes. And it, it happened on December 31st, 2021. Mm-hmm. And now it's public domain. And as such, there is a Winnie the Pooh horror movie coming uh, where it seems from what I can glean from the the writings about it, uh, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet wander around and kill people. Yeah. After Christopher Robin abandons them for college, they get sad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There they go. The, no, it's not that. As I recall, it's not that they get sad. They get hungry oh, right. because he was the one feeding them. <laughs> So they have to go find food, and apparently they have a taste for human flesh, etc. Um, Flawless, no notes, zero notes. There you go, no theater, no, theater no notes. Release. Easy. Um, wide release immediately. Mm-hmm. This is knocking down Top yeah. Gun. <laughs> Say what you will about that premise. Yes. It's a very interesting concept in that here are things that are going to start. Pat- there are. There are current pop culture icons that are going to very soon start passing into the public domain. And I figured we should sort of talk about what that means and like, I don't know, like where we land on what we want from something like that or what we should get from something like that. Right, because it doesn't happen often. I mean, we're still in the infancy of a lot of this stuff. And we'll get more into like the specifics, but you know, we're in the age of studios holding onto properties forever and just making movies not because they're good, but because they want to hold onto the rights. So, so like, this is something that I've grown up with. It's just rights, copyright holding, who owns this? Oh, this movie can't be made because it's in licensing hell. That's why we haven't seen a Friday 13th movie in over a decade is because it's in this weird limbo where people are fighting over the rights and it's like... Yeah, it's it's art, guys. I think that <laughs> we'll get into it, but it's very interesting to think about in the term of movies right now when franchising and IP is ruling everything, you know. So Yeah. So let's let's start as best as we can. Let's put a qualifier on the top of this of neither of us are lawyers. Not even close. Um <laughs> And this is just something that we've been kind of looking into when we heard, since we heard that there's a Winnie the Pooh horror movie coming. But let's do like a basic overview of what's up with public domain. Yes. So (laughs) where to start? Um, I will start by saying that I like was looking into this and it gets very complicated very fast. So like bear with us. And, you know, if you want to dig deeper into this, dig deeper into this, don't just take our words (laughs) for it um because it's it's complex but yeah, um, yeah so basically the way it lands right now is a creative work enters the public domain 
after either 50 years after the death of its creator or if it's a corporate identity 70 years after its creation yes. so like right now in terms of stuff that's coming into copyright expiration we're talking like stuff from the 20s from the 1920s mm -hmm. which given is like 100 years ago and we'll get into that in a minute but basically so what we're saying when we say there's a winnie the pooh horror movie coming the stuff that's gone into public domain is not like your current incarnation of winnie the pooh right. it's the original i don't even know if it was like a comic or a i don't book know what or it was honestly like a like a children's book or something yeah. but the original incarnation of that by the author is what's come into public domain yep. so there are notable differences like winnie the pooh's classic red shirt is not part of it that's like still covered because that was like a later incarnation his original incarnation had a like a like a flannel i guess something to get new england about yeah, it something like that yeah like tigger is not in it because tigger is from later years etc 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 so you know you're getting very specific pieces of art that are passing into the public domain which basically means i guess we should start even here public domain means like can be recreated by anyone yes there's no copyright on it there's no laws protecting it from being remade or changed or whatever etc et et right and technically <sighs> technically on paper like the rights cannot be obtained again by an individual or an entity and it's going to be yes. it's going to remain public domain forever there are some exceptions to the rule of course because of logistics and yeah stuff public <laughs> domain meaning the public as a whole is the owner yes. of this property yes all right, everybody with us? <laughs> so, arguably, the first thing my brain did and the first thing my wife's brain did, and I would bet the first thing everyone's brain probably goes is, oh, like Mickey Mouse? Yeah. Like, what's up with Mickey Mouse? And that's where we come back to Dizzy, and that's where it gets really, really wild yes. because Mickey Mouse's original, like, Steamboat Willie cartoons and things like that and i can't believe i'm having this conversation on this podcast i'm so nerdy it's awesome um steamboat willie the original thing uh was due to come back into the or to come into the public domain a long time i want to say like 1976 something like that yeah yeah um which the laws were not what they currently are but disney basically lobbied to have that changed was successful had extended to 2003 uh which is when mickey was then again supposed to come into public domain but then lobbied hard again to have that extended god this gets so complicated yeah, and then congress passed the sunny bono um copyright law which basically without getting too deep into it extended it until 2024 mm -hmm. 23 yeah. So, like, next year we're coming into, like, Mickey's public domain kind of yeah. situation again. But, you know, we've come up against this two times and Disney has uh, successfully campaigned to have it extended. So, right. As Disney can. As Disney does. <laughs> so, what are we getting at here? I don't know. I've just gone down a rabbit hole of copyright law. But. Well, I think so. As more and more properties from this era start to become, start to come into the public domain, 
this is going to be more yes. and more of an not necessarily an issue, but something that we're going to have to follow closer because it's yeah. Well, if you <laughs> if you jump forward fifty years, yeah. you know, if we're talking in the twenty seventies, yeah. Oh yeah, that's when you're going to start getting things from the nineties coming yeah. up as public domain, and that's like. Or even we don't have to have to jump that far. Like there's going to be a point when Star Wars becomes public yep. domain to tie it back to our original. And there's no trademark or there's no law that's going to say, yeah, you can't do anything with this. Right. Let's loop it back to Winnie the Pooh here of like, do you think this Winnie the Pooh horror movie and like it should be pointed. This is like not a huge movie. Like it was shot in like 11 days. This is like, yeah, I'm sure it had like a you know, $2 million uh, it's a, budget if that. Yeah, it's a small movie. Yeah. Like it's not like, you know an Avengers level movie, but like it's not a Blumhouse production. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is just some, some anything, but it, but the implication, <laughs> the implication. Yeah. It's a, it's a conversation piece. So does this change the perception of Winnie the Pooh? Say this was like a, you know, for argument's sake, this is a huge movie. That's going to be a yeah, thing. Like, yeah, yeah. what do you think is going to be the result of this stuff coming into pu public domain? Well, that's the main question that I was thinking of because it, it really, Basically, everything comes down to tarnishing a legacy that may or may not matter, honestly, when it comes down to it. Yeah. But I think inevitably, if enough of this stuff comes out, like if there's a sh like if this is the only thing that's to, to come of Winnie the Pooh, then no. But if sure. you get like um like an R-rated adult comedy, you know, on, on Adult Swim or Comedy Central that's featuring Winnie the Pooh or something like that, like there is the yeah. the case to be made that the legacy will change. Now, whether or not that's going to matter is interesting because we put so much stock into kind of like what these characters are at heart. Like the, these characters, this is yeah. this person, you know, this is Tony Stark, this is Batman. And once you start yeah. messing with that, people can kind of, you know, get twisty and turny about it. So, well, <laughs> it's interesting to, to, to put a yeah. little asterisk in there. We're not far off from Superman coming into public Ooh. domain. I mean, still a little bit, but I mean, even if it's 10 you know, years away, 15 years away, that's still close. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like 2031. Oh, that's really close. Are there about yeah. yeah, like so, so we're about a decade out from it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I think, yes, if if enough obvious, uh, this is obvious, but if enough big successful content is produced around a character that is wildly changing it from what it was like its source material, then yes, I think it will. But yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing, honestly. Like I enjoy seeing represent different representations of different characters. Yeah. But people don't like that. I mean, think about what, when somebody casts a Marvel character wrong, everyone's like, Whoa, like what, like what are you doing? This is ruining everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it could blow up in their face. I don't know. What do you think? Well, so the thing that's interesting to me is like, if you think of like, it's the, the, the breadth of what public domain means is mm -hmm. what kind of gets me because, okay. In 2031 or whatever, um, Superman's going to go into public domain. That's so crazy. Which means anybody could make a Superman movie yeah. and call it Superman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could say like, yeah, here's Superman and he's, you know, a, you know, drug dealer that lives in, you know, Kentucky or something. I don't oh, like, I would, I would love Kansas, that. I guess is where I should have gone with that. But like, sure. 
Um, I would love you, that. Like there's so many things. But so there's also the risk of like it could just flood. You know what I mean? Like we could get 15 Superman movies. And we will. And we will. Star Wars, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. But here's the th- and here's where I kind of make the di- like, yeah, OK. Superman comes into public domain and we make we get 15 Superman movies, which like in all real honesty, we're going to get like three. You know what I mean? We're yeah. going to get a bunch of like, oh, yeah, I made it. I don't have to. I can make a Superman short film for my senior thesis at film school. Exactly. You know, that oh. kind of thing, which like I'm on board with that. Sure. Hell you know yeah. what I mean? Like. So I want to bring up Metropolis um, and I had sent an article about this to you. So Metropolis is an interesting case because Metropolis went into the public domain a long time ago. And I'm talking about the 1927 sci-fi movie. That sounds right. Fritz. Yeah. 1927. Ooh, go Willis. Uh, By Fritz (laughs) Lang, uh, German expression is arguably like the beginning of sci-fi. Yeah. Like, like like legendary. (laughs) So there's like a whole legal thing around this because Metropolis was in public domain and then actually went back out of public domain. But Mm -hmm. the thing that happened when Metropolis went into public domain is people like tried to improve it. Yeah. There were recuts that came out, which is like totally legal because it's like, yeah, like you can do whatever you want with it, which is what brings me to Star Wars because I'm like, I know there are like recuts of the prequels. And I'm like, yeah, those would just be like, yeah, you could just be like, I'm putting my prequel recut of Star Wars The Phantom Menace out into theaters. Like, right, which is interesting. We'll talk about Star Wars in a second, too, because they're very they're very loose with their they don't they don't go after people for doing that. But yes, continue. But anyway, so to come back to Metropolis. So, you know, people recut Metropolis. But I think the thing that's more interesting is a lot of people have tried to score metropolis Mm, and it's turned into this thing of like here's it's a silent film you know Mm -hmm. that just had like a classical kind of thing over it but Mm -hmm. people were like i think i can do justice to what the soundtrack of this should have been Mm -hmm. and like what you know and like if that involves recutting it to a degree to like match kind of where i think it should be yeah like that's the kind of thing that's why i kind of have hope and like you know that's cool when you're talking about metropolis but like if you said like that to the avengers or something like that (laughs) you know like that's a different conversation but yeah is that a different conversation in 60 years i don't Mm, know i don't know you know what i mean i don't know and and should it matter at all yeah you should just be able to do that you know yeah well and the thing that really got me when i was like thinking about this was like to go back to to star wars for a second like Mm -hmm there's the you could recut the phantom menace but like if it's public domain you could just redo all the special effects yeah you could yeah you know what i mean you just be like yeah well i'm taking out jar jar banks he's this different character now mm-hmm. i'm gonna redo a voiceover to it i'm gonna do like recreate this whole thing and like right it just becomes different cinematic experiences exactly which i think is intriguing and i want to put my faith in humanity to that degree (laughs) i will here's what i'll say i will put my faith in the people that are saying you know what i'm gonna do with my day today i'm going to recut and re vfx and rescore this movie from 70 years ago yeah dude because that's a passion for cinema that i'm on board with that's commitment yeah yeah i think that 
regardless of what happens, the the fan edits of things, which it's mostly going to be a lot of that stuff when it comes to these. It's going to be, yeah. it's not going to be something that you're going to witness in a theater, although it could be, which is the most exciting part. Because regardless, like you can make a Star Wars fan film when this becomes yeah. like legal. That doesn't mean that anyone's going to watch it, you know? So I yeah. think that it will lead to, it could potentially lead to more interesting, like idiosyncratic versions of, or variations of properties that we've seen because the studio it's they're not bound by well this has to fall in line with the disney yeah. thing this has to fall in line with what we've been doing you know yeah and it's interesting because i'm like does this even lend itself to like a i mean you think of frankenstein or yeah. the wolfman or like these old school books that you can say <laughs> well like i want to take that and make an adaptation of like how many like yeah. King Kong, I think in like 2024 King Kong's in it, the original King Kong's going to come into public domain. Right. And I'm like, I'm on board to see just like what people are going to do with a King Kong prompt. And like, yeah, dude, not even just like, Oh yeah, here's like King Kong, but like elements of the story. That's why I bring up like Frankenstein and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Of like, give me like a reinterpretation of Frankenstein. Dude. Yeah. Without the, concern that like someone's gonna say that's frankenstein i own frankenstein uh i'm gonna sue you yeah. and your movie will never see the light of day right you right. know what i mean yeah i don't know we're getting we're getting deep here but this is it's such an stuff. interesting it's such an interesting concept of like what's gonna happen when all of the pop culture things that we just are part of and again like you know in 50 like years i'll be 80 like i'm not going in oh I, hey you know who knows i'm like i will i'm not going out shooting remakes of you know <laughs> whatever but hey ridley scott out there doing all Dude, kinds of stuff so my guy is is active yeah it's it excites me a lot because the coolest most innovative filmmaking that i've ever seen doesn't matter what era it always comes from necessity and not having enough and you know, when you get a big yeah. studio product, whether it be Top Gun, whether it be Doctor Strange, or even The Northman to some extent, like you kind of understand the quality that you're going to get, the level that you're going to yeah. get, and the fact that you have a lot of cooks in the kitchen figuring out the best way that this should be done. Yeah. When it comes to indie filmmaking, that's when you get the good shit, man. That's when you get, we have to do this because yeah. there's no other way, you know? Versus we have $200 million, let's do it all VFX, like we'll figure out the story later, which happens a lot with big budget IP these days. So it excites me, man, to be like, yeah, there could be a Star Wars movie that's just, we, we're doing this with 50 grand. You know, yeah. and we have no, we have nothing to do, and we we have no studio execs dipping their fingers in, and yep. we're just gonna do our thing. Like that shit gets me hyped, you know. Yeah, I remember there was like a Russian Avengers movie that came out, like I don't know, <laughs> yes. probably eight years ago at this point. Yeah, and like it was like it looked great, and people were like, "Well, they're gonna get sued, right?" Because it was very blatantly just like yeah. a, a Avengers ripoff. Um, it's probably awesome. <laughs> But yeah, like that's the thing. And like the, the other thing I want to bring up here is like you look at like the works of Shakespeare, like how many adaptations Dude. of Shakespearean projects are there? Like every you know, movie is basically like everything. Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, like everything is, ba you know, like um, what I just watched something and I was like halfway through. I was like, oh, this is Romeo and Juliet. 
like any any romant romantic uh, comedy. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's like, oh man, hold on, I'm trying to think of what it was. It's either Hamlet, Macbeth, or Romeo and Juliet. Like. Yeah, well, that's and well, I mean, like Macbeth was nominated for an Oscar this year. Yeah, like you know what I mean. I'm like, and that it's, was a, that um, was a that was a like a true to the script telling of the story. Yeah, yeah and it's like, what would be lost if like the Coen brothers were like, or like Joel Coen was like, you know, I could do a Macbeth movie, but like. Is it worth the hassle of dealing yeah. with like the rights for Hamlet for yeah. Macbeth? Yeah. yeah. I, was I saying Hamlet before? No, you said no. Macbeth. You're good. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> kind of terrified myself there for a second, yeah. but no, um, you're good. You're good. I agree though. hundred percent. It's, it's, this can only be a good thing in the end because the bad stuff yeah. will still never get seen and the good stuff will still rise to the top. Because again, if you wanted to go to theaters, you got to get a distribution deal, which means yeah. you got to get it to people who think that it's worthy of that. So it's not like we're going to see garbage Star Wars movies from here on out. You know, it's a bad thing if you're Disney. Sure. You know, you won't make as much money. But if it's <laughs> let's we're saying we'll say like so if it's 2070 mm-hmm. and you're still leaning on the Skywalker saga and you're like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do now that Luke Skywalker is public domain. You got to reassess, yeah. guys. Like Your business model is, uh, you know, flawed. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. I think it's going to get more and more interesting as yeah. we go over the next like five, ten years, because we're at the very cusp of what's still notable in pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's all the things that we're mentioning here are like, yeah they're a few years out still so it's gonna yeah we're gonna the ball's gonna start rolling faster on this is what i'll say um yes yes. which is cool it is cool it is i'm excited especially for horror movies because there's a lot of movies that i'm like there's no reason why these can't be done and done better you know and the further away we get from those originals i know a lot of them are still so far out but i'm like i'm holding on hope that we're gonna get some really (laughs) not by the books products from studios that like just suck you know so we'll see but that (sighs) good stuff yeah will bring us home here for sure all right i hope we didn't lose all of our listeners when i was going off on a tangent of mickey mouse public domain rights so trust me if this is interesting to you and i like what do you think we we talk about stuff that interests us and that's if true people are, are tuning in they must enjoy what we, we what we bring to this so should we slide here into the recommendations real quick yeah i think that's about right so this week yes because top gun maverick has premiered and i'm telling you guys right now I usually try not to give like a vibe off about a movie but dude this i had possibly the most fun i've had in a theater in years with this movie it was so much fun and it felt like an old school action movie that's all i'll say is it felt like an old school action movie to the in the best possible way so this week what we're gonna do is give you all like one of our favorite tom cruise performances in a movie that you should check out this week because my god and i just want to say this before we get into it i think that for my generation, we got him too late. I got him during the Valkyrie, Night and Day, Oblivion era. Oh. Where 
Oh, I thought yeah, Tom no. Cruise was bad. I genuinely thought Tom Cruise was a bad actor when I was a kid. I was like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's oh, bad. Oh, weird. Yeah. So I'm coming to it late where I've seen all these classics, and I understand that he's a good actor, but it's it's taken a bit. And my renaissance for Cruise was Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. That was when I'm like, oh, I'm okay with this guy again. I think that he can actually That's carry movies. so fascinating. So I'm like, you know, coming That's to Top so Gun and all hear, these yeah. classics like Magnolia, I'm like, I didn't, I thought, I didn't see them when I was nine. So I'm like, I thought this guy is terrible at, at movies and I don't get the hype. Yeah. So for my generation and under, I think that's where we stand. So I'm like, this is for people of that generation to be like, listen, you need to check out Tom Cruise movies because he is a world-class actor <laughs> oh that's so interesting so i i like i try and think and like the the point i think i really i think for me it was jerry Maguire. oh that's come on yeah yeah which is also like i'm looking is also the same year as mission impossible so i'm like yeah you know you get mission impossible jerry Maguire, and then like going up a little bit like a few years later was minority report yeah. and the last samurai and collateral i'm like that was my yeah that was my tom cruise you got him in the, um, in the good action area. Yeah, which is like so fascinating because there's like a whole nother section beyond that of like Days of Thunder and Born on the Fourth of July and Cocktail and yeah, I, Top Gun. You know, yeah, um, yeah. it's it's really it's interesting. That's so fascinating. He he's prolific. He's one of the he's one of the greatest American actors ever to live, and I think that he, judging by the last twenty years, like my generation just doesn't get that. I don't think. Yeah. And for good reason, because he's made well, like... Argue, well, arguably, I mean, you're... And I'm, I don't know, but like arguably, like you probably came around when like everyone kind of went, oh, this is a crazy person. He's nuts. Like he when Scientology. he got into his whole Scientology shit and like... Jumping on the couch. You know, him jumping on the couch and Katie Holmes and all that. Like that, like he, you know, in terms of his public profile, like, yeah, it's been... Uh, wild ride um and i think he's come back from that which is weird but like so weird what <laughs> what a weird what a wild career for this man um, yeah so it's a little context for why we're doing this it's, yeah why we're had a, going nuts on tom cruise right now he's had a wild career so today we're going to give you each of us are going to give you a recommendation can i of a performance yeah can i ask you a spoiler free question sure i have heard comments and I do intend to see Top Gun Maverick in theaters. Please do. Uh, I'm, but I'm begging you. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard context that this feels like a period on his career. You could read it like that. You could read it like that. I, I didn't really, but you could potentially read it like that. I say that with him having, you know, two Mission Impossible movies, <laughs> a SpaceX movie with Doug Lyman and a live, die, repeat, repeat still coming, you know, on his, but... That's why, I, that's the only reason I'm like, I don't think he has the, the, it in him right now to stop. That's the yeah. only reason why I'm like, it could be, this would be a beautiful bookend to his career, but he's yeah. not going to stop. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> um, so let's, I'm going to make you go first on this one because I'm back okay. and forth between a couple and I don't want to double up on you. So me too, but I'm glad you're doing that. Okay. All right. Yeah. What do you got for your Tom Cruise recommendation, Josh? Okay, so this is a movie that I think that everyone should watch, but isn't necessarily in his like Hall of Fame, per se, mm -hmm. for movies. It's not one of the ones that you would necessarily know him for. Uh, and it's a movie that came out in 1989, and it's called The Color of Money. Um, Ooh, not at all where I expected 
All right. Go for it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a Scorsese movie, and it's one of those movies that I doesn't feel like it was made by Scorsese. It doesn't, like, have his typical yeah. flair, except for the camera direction during his, mm-hmm. like, sports montage You know moments. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it stars Paul Newman um, as kind of, like, this washed-up pool hustler who kind of takes Tom Cruise's character, Vincent Loria, under his wing to kind of show him the ropes and essentially turn him into him, you know, in the end. Yeah. Although it doesn't necessarily work out that way for him the entire way. Um, It's one of my favorite sports movies. I don't love sports movies. I think they can get really formulaic at a certain point, but this one is not only different enough, but it holds my attention in a way that a lot of others don't. And a lot of that has to do with, honestly, Tom Cruise and the fact that this is kind of quintessential Cruise where he's like kind of the the idiotic, overconfident, like not necessarily a frat boy, but yeah. like he's too good for his own for his own good, you know, and he knows enough, but he doesn't know as much as he thinks he does. And it's, that plays right into the Maverick character. It plays into like his character in a few good men, or it's like the overconfident, you know, kind of dude. But I love this movie. I mean, if not for the werewolf in London, uh, pool, uh, sequence alone, it's just, it's a ridiculously watchable movie, which a lot of these kind of have to be, if it's going to be Tom Cruise, because he can get, like a little high-minded in some of these that I don't think yeah. necessarily works. I think this is the kind of thing that he works, it works really well as. And he does a couple of these performances where it's like the passing of the torch between like an icon like Paul Newman to yeah. him, where it feels very much like a, I'm putting you in this role now, you know, you're, you're going to be the leading man in some of these things in this particular era. Well, especially considering um, the color of money being like, an unofficial sequel to the hustler and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's so, like, yeah, very much. Here's this new generation. Yeah. Right. Which I think is just really cool. Really well done. Um, incredible pool montages, which like pool, isn't the most high octane sport you can play, but my God, <laughs> yeah. Scorsese makes it like super, super impressive. And the fact that they make all these shots in camera, I'm like, yeah, how many takes did this take you, Impressive. Marty? Like, yeah. holy crap, this is really, really cool. Uh, so yeah, The Color of Money, it's a wonderful movie. I think it's not only underrated for Cruz, but it's also underrated for Scorsese um, in that same yeah. vein. Uh, and it's streaming right now currently on Amazon Prime, so I implore you to check it out. It's a really, really good, like, maybe two-hour-long sports drama that's really, really snappy and funny and just a really yeah. well-rounded film. So that's my... Nice my recommendation what do you have this week willis this was such an impossible question dude because you you start looking you're like (laughs) like there's like there's so many i'm like i like want to give you like a megapixels top five on this but yeah or you could you could even top 10 (laughs) yeah um i think i'm staring at two here okay i think the one i'm gonna go with and i i'm doing this only because i may have already recommended the other one so mm. i think the one i'm gonna go with is like literally just the classic 1996 jerry Maguire. classic i jerry Maguire is such an incredible movie i it it balances like i don't want to say action but like high drama and like yeah and like a rom-com like so beautifully and like you know one of the things that Cameron Crowe is like the best at, but like, yeah, 
Tom Cruise in that movie is just like, just embodies Jerry Maguire. And like, what can I say? I mean, it's Jerry Maguire. Like it's, you know, (laughs) one of the major, like, well, I was going to say one of the major, his major, um, submissions to pop culture but like that's you know so <laughs> not true in any capacity <laughs> well i mean uh, yeah, yeah but like you look at the i don't know the, the other one i was toying with was collateral which i absolutely oh love um Classic. michael mann is amazing um, oh my god it's so good <laughs> and he's so good in that but jerry Maguire is literally just like it's tom i feel like it's like the tipping point of tom cruise becoming tom cruise agreed yeah you know because you get you get just after that, I mean, he did Eyes Wide Shut and Magnolia, but like it's like I said, I think before it's like the same year as Mission Impossible, and then like we get into Mission Impossible Two, and then Minority Report, and right. Well, I might argue that Minority Report's the real tipping point, but but he's officially the leading man. Sure, yeah, yeah, this is absolutely. It. Like he he yeah. can open movies, you know, and he could do that before, but yeah, there was big yeah. Names that's in a the fair others, like you know? yeah like he, bankable in terms of a. Uh, a box office return. Yeah, yeah. I think Jerry Maguire is, is where it, it tips. Um, but it's just, it's, I mean. Classic. It's one of those, I'm like, you watch this show me the money scene and you're like, mm-hmm. that could go wrong so, so easily. Yes. So many of his roles could do that too. Where it's like this line reading in the wrong hands. Yeah. Is completely unwatchable. Like it's stupid. It's ridiculous, you know, but he makes it work and it's. Yeah. So good. It's one of those things I'm like, I. you almost don't want to like Tom Cruise. I don't think he's a good person. <laughs> yeah. But his body of work weirdly speaks for it. Like It does. Yeah. It's like arguable that like him as like an influence on filmmaking in Hollywood needed to exist. He's like the quintessential leading man. Yes. You know, and like defined what it is to be a leading man to a degree and i you know yes. say what you will about the man like that is something that like was going to happen at some point in this generation of filmmaking and you know yeah yeah and he's still headlining and opening movies with his name attached as the f- as yeah. the first build today he he, yeah. he he released a movie last week with that and he's releasing another movie later this year with that same thing i'm like it's yeah. or or early next year it's like he next year yeah he's been able to to do that i don't know anyone who else has been able to do that honestly denzel well and even when he does bad movies yeah doesn't affect the the career i mean you look at his arguably terrible film like the mummy and oblivion and rock of ages and things like that and it's like yeah like you know oblivion terrible followed the following year by edge of tomorrow Mm -hmm. amazing you know i mean the money the mummy followed later by mission impossible fallout You know, like that's crazy. It, yeah, it's wild. It's <laughs> he's, wild. He's an enigma. He's he is the quintessential movie star. And again, I don't think he's a good person. Don't know him personally, but just his his the way he conducts himself, I'm not huge into. But he is a staple of American cinema over the last fifty years, and will continue to be for a while. It seems like so until he I, and, uh, until he dies. He's like yeah. literally like I can you imagine a time where Tom Cruise is like, eh, I'm going to retire. I think I'm not going to do this now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah, right. Tom Cruise, guys, check quite out. the episode. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> we were doing good on time until we went on safari with Tom Cruise there, but so it goes. <sighs> we should have we should have um, seen that coming, but we do start is. these episodes to your listener being like, you know, all right, we're gonna keep this to like an hour. We're gonna keep it down, but then we get to talking about um, Disney and Mickey Mouse copyright law, and you know, we just can't stop. Goes so. off the rails. But if we hadn't said that, go. then we might be at an hour forty right now. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's bring it home. Josh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me on the internet, either on Twitter at Josh Fuller 33 Fuller is spelled with no E, or you can find me on Instagram or letterboxd at Josh J Fuller, uh, letterboxd. You can find quite literally every movie that I watch, uh, and rate and possibly review. And where can people find you on the internet? Willis, you can find me on the internet. Uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Letterboxd, at Willisfilm. Um, all one word, I guess. I've never stipulated that, but it, there's no <laughs> periods or anything between, or dashes or anything. Um, True, it's not apostrophe, illis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, will I is. Um, yeah, no. If you want to find the podcast, uh, you can find it on Instagram, at Splitters. You can find us on Twitter, at Pod, and you can find us on Letterboxd at pixel splitters where you can find all of our recommendations, including the color of money and Jerry Maguire, Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yes. I literally, I was like, did I, I, for a hot second there, I was like, did I say collateral? No. <laughs> did, I, did I just do 10 minutes on collateral that I just don't remember? <laughs> <laughs> did I say collateral to begin with? And then just, started talking about Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Oh, uh, collateral's hilarious. worth it to you guys. I mean, yes. really it's Tom Cruise. It's, it's hard to go wrong. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Also in Austin powers in gold member. Yes. That's when you know, you've made it when you're yourself in gold. Member. Yes. <laughs> when, yes. Uh, all right. Let's stop talking. We've yes. been talking for far too long. Um, Agreed. Josh, this is always great to talk to you. And, yeah, um, we will keep doing this. We will keep bringing our dear listeners some, just some regular pixels. Regular pixels, yes. Yeah. Yes. We will split all the pixels. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys, and go check Top Gun out in the theater. It's worth it. Yes. Yeah. Do it. All right.